Welcome to Bleed TV, the podcast, the best shows on TV. And I'm Zach. And I'm Cash. All right, guys. Today we've got Steve Tolan from Tolan FX. Uh, we're super excited to have him here on the show tonight. Uh, just can't believe he decided to take a few minutes out of his busy schedule to meet with us. Uh, he's going to be discussing uh, some of his career, his company, and some experiences on Outsiders because, you know, we're all diehard Outsider fans, you know, a little gig gig yeah. Um, Steve, uh, we really appreciate you joining us. Uh, you know, is there anything you want to put out there early for us about the Outsiders, a little nugget you might want to squeeze in there before we get started? Uh, well, I guess, you know, first thing I'd say, of course, is uh, thanks for having me on, guys. That's awful cool of you. And, uh, and you know, uh, that's a fine line. I don't know exactly how much I'm allowed to give away, but I can definitely say that um, that all of the blood has not been spilled. <laughs> well we like that we like that a That's lot what we love to hear love love to hear man well look you know we, we most of our listeners that are going to be tuning into this steve are going to be outsider kind of people you know so anytime we can try to steal a little nugget we're going to try to do our thing um but yeah, uh but... you know it's just one of them things so how'd you get started in the fx business like what was it that drew you to this uh well uh for a long time when i was a teenager i was going to be a biologist and uh, and I've always been really drawn to natural things. And, and first and foremost, I'm a monster man. Okay. You know, which really are just animals, you know, in a lot of ways. And uh, and when I was a kid, I was a big uh, Dungeons and Dragons nerd. Who was it? Uh, and I was always looking for a movie that had the kind of uh, production design and aesthetic, and specifically dragons that I had in my mind's eye that I had never seen on screen. And so were you kind I of drawing it, your own? It occurred to me. Yeah, the only way I was ever going to see it is if I, uh, if I made a dragon of my own. So, I went into the business of making monsters. Awesome. <laughs> where, where, where do you, where do you go to get into the business of being, uh, you know, doing FX and monsters? Well, I mean, there's a lot of different routes that you can get there. Uh, traditionally, most of the masters who are in the field nowadays are self-taught. Uh, by the time that I was secondary education age there were schools there were trade schools specifically i went to the art institute in Pittsburgh, and that's where my shop is now in Pittsburgh, um to learn industrial design which you know industrial designers design everything from cars to toys to lamps and pens and computers to uh monsters you know you're using a lot of the same principles and techniques and and design concepts and whatnot and so uh, they kind of wrap all of that under an industrial design degree. And Pittsburgh, for me, you know, I'm from West Virginia originally, and Pittsburgh was a stepping stone on the way to maybe New York or L.A. or something like that. And I started getting work while I was here. And uh, and the nursery kind of took hold, and I've got a family now. I've got a five-year-old and a, a three-year-old, and uh, and I'm going to definitely raise them in Pittsburgh. So so what was a stepping stone turned into be like where we've really settled in and, and you know, our shop's growing bigger every day, and, and we're doing more and more cool stuff, including Outsiders. So do you do all of your work in Pittsburgh, or do you fly out to, like, say, sets in New York and Los Angeles and do it there? Or do you just keep it all in shop? Yeah, exactly. We travel all over the place. Well, most of it, I mean, we build most of it in shop, and then we'll take it to wherever we got to go with it. You know, if the movie is being shot, we're doing a movie this summer in Nashville with Rick Prince. He's one of your uh, neighbors down there. In Nashville, he's a super cool makeup effects guy. He shot a movie last year that we helped him with called uh, LWA, uh, Luar All Saints Eve, and uh, that movie was super cool to work on. And we're going to be working on another one uh, coming up here this summer called Inuwadi, uh in that neck of the woods. And uh, just last week, we were 
in Atlanta. We do work for, uh, you know, we're not just special effects. We do specialized design and fabrication is what we call it, you know, which is pretty much any uh, specific problem, creative problem that someone might come across. So Lockheed Martin is a client of ours in Atlanta. We built uh, airplane models and different pieces for them. So we had made a, a round trip last week from Atlanta to um, Kentucky, Petersburg, Kentucky, basically Cincinnati. Uh, mm-hmm. where we're working on a museum. We do a lot of museum work. Uh, there's a uh, full-size recreation. There was art being built in Kentucky right now. We're helping to create some animals and props and things for that. So we swung by there, and then we went from there to Chicago. This is a three-day trip, mind you. So the second day we were there, the third day we went to Chicago, where uh, next fall we were helping to put on, I'm pretty sure, I might be wrong, someone correct me if I'm wrong, um, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be the, the one of the bloodiest stage productions of... Uh, Shakespeare's history plays done as a six-hour epic, um, as a uh, as an honor to Shakespeare's 400 years death this year, and so the whole city's doing a lot of really cool stuff, including the super bloody play that we're doing with Chicago Shakespeare. I'm happy you and mentioned then, that, uh, but before we before we move forward, then just in case the listener doesn't know, you know, you, you kind of explain <laughs> what FX is, like you're saying FX solutions like that. But you know, something that was new to us was is that you know we noticed in your bio and a lot of other things is that you do a lot of theatrical work, you know. What is the compare and contrast between the theater work and film work from your point of view? Well, here's what's cool about film is that you get a minute to really massage the moment and like tweak it and, and move your lights around and shoot it again, get a couple different takes, whatever, get it exactly, and you really craft the moment that the audience is going to live. Um, you know, live production, which we do tons of, we do lots, probably almost as much theater as we do uh, film and television. Um, you get the reaction right away. You don't control it, first of all. Whatever happens out there is what happens out there. And every audience is totally different, just the dynamic between them, each other, you know, plus however the actors are doing that night and whatever, and however the effects go off, is uh, super rewarding in the short term in a way that, that film and television isn't. I, I can't go in everybody's living room and, and watch them watch the television show. Might be a little creepy. Yeah, a little slightly creepy. Yeah. <laughs> Slightly creepy, so. Uh, but I can totally watch from backstage and watch people freaking out or getting getting hosed down with, uh, you know, I did, uh, first we did Evil Dead the Musical was uh, a license that was bought by um, uh, no-name players here in Pittsburgh and wow. put on um, in Carnegie. And we it was a, a huge uh, bloody mess that we made with that thing. And then as a result. There's nothing wrong with that. Videos. No, it was, yeah, it was amazing. It was, we got, uh, we pushed it as far as we could possibly push it. And I didn't have tons of cash. That was purely a, uh, a, uh, an art pursuit of passion, you know? And, uh, but as a result, and this is a good example of where, you know, if you just follow your heart, cool things will happen. Um, we put some videos on YouTube and, uh, George Reinblatt and, uh, Chris Bond, the writers of the show, invited us to come do the, the North American tour with them. So we got to hose down everybody from Toronto, to Houston. It's pretty sweet. <laughs> that is awesome, by the and way. And you get to watch it from backstage. You get to sit there and watch like, all these different people get hosed down with your stage was pretty fine. <laughs> and so, like, kind of like that, because I was reading on your bio how you got that by chance, honestly. And so, is the FX market really competitive? Are you taking a lot of chances with it? Uh, yeah, I mean, those are kind of two separate questions, I think. I mean, I'm definitely taking chances with it just because, um, you know, I think that that's what I'm trying to do artistically is just, is, you know, I'm sure that there are there are um, problems, that challenges that we face that we solve 
uh, our own way that I'm sure have been sold a hundred times by a hundred different makeup artists, different ways, probably better ways in some ways. But for me, it's, it's, uh, you know, it's the challenge for me is, and the risk that I take is in trying something new and trying to make it really cool. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that that's the, that's the big takeaway for me. And then, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much how I feel. Steve, do, tell me this, you know, that, um, Let's kind of focus back on some outsider stuff just a little bit. I'm really curious. I mean, we've seen a lot of different types of FX on the show. Uh, everything from blood to explosions to facial bruising from fighting, different things of those natures and stuff. Are we talking about your company is involved in all those aspects, or are, are there certain ones y'all focus more in and other things are visual? Tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, okay, so um, when the show started, there was no um, makeup effects department specifically. Um, and that has happened before with different shows that have come into town. Well, basically what happens is, um, even though I am IOTC and I'm 489, I'm a studio mechanic, so I'm, and I can do the work um, on set and, and in their sound stages and whatnot, a lot of times I get hired as a, uh, as a vendor, which means that um, my crew and I are folding it into the workflow of all those other stuff that we have going on at the same time. And then we have a, a finished product that we either just drop off with one of the, the departments or show up on set and activate ourselves. If it's a head that's got to pull down the hill, for instance, something like that, we're there on that, on that day. But otherwise, um, that show started like many of these other shows do where the props department calls us first. It's usually Kelly Snyder is one of the first people who usually call me because um, she knows how to lean on, on her expertise and um, what we always try to do right by her. So she's she's one of the first people to get a hold of us. She says, I need this prop and this prop and this prop that does special stuff, breakaway props, um, whatever it might be. And then Marianne Skiva is doing makeup, and so she needs a scar made, she needs a prosthetic made, she needs this or that made, so she's calling me as a vendor um, to make these things for her because the production is asking for these things from her. Um, and then Ray Castillo, who is doing all of the special effects, um, is in the same boat. And there's a couple of things that he might need from me here and there where he's calling me to help him with those things. And so that's how it starts. And then um, I can't remember how many episodes in, basically. I started getting invited to the early production meetings where all of the blood stuff that sort of is cross-departmental, you know, again, that head rolling down the hill is a good example because you've got FX built in bear trap, props, uh, insect that is going to paint it up real nice and then you've got um typically that head might be considered props it might be considered makeup it might be considered fx and so nobody really knows where that lands and ultimately it lands in the new department the makeup effects department uh headed by steve tong and our gang so by the way the, only... the head was quite impressive we've seen the pictures online and and everything like that i mean I mean, I sometimes. I tell you, you how much fun it was to roll that head down the hill. We went down, <laughs> I can only I imagine. Know, like 40 or 50 times. Kyle Roberts is down with my main man, Kyle, down at the bottom of the hill, catching the head. And, we, and it was a, a hollow head, so it was full of blood. And uh, what what you don't entirely get to see on, on the TV show is that every single bounce that it took, it would spray this fountain of blood into the air. It was pretty crazy. Oh, man. But, yeah, that was a pretty cool moment. But now, like, a lot of the explosions and fire and stuff like that, that's not us. That's Ray. That's Ray doing his thing. Okay, well, we weren't, we weren't stuff, sure. We wanted to know, you know what your us. scope was, per se. You know what I mean? On, yeah, on the and show, makeup, so. too. If it's like somebody just got busted up and it's the bruising and whatnot, um, Chris Patrick and uh, Doug Farrell are the 
makeup effects guys who work with Marianne doing more specific like makeup, like color makeup. And uh, and Chris Patrick glued, and Doug did too, they glued a lot of the rubber that we would make. So they would say, okay, um, Kyle's got to have a swollen eye. And so we would uh, light cast Kyle. He came over to the shop, Kyle Gallner comes over to the shop. We light cast him and we make the prosthetic and then we give that to, you know, we do some Photoshop right here to what we think the design should be and then we hand that off to Chris and, and Doug or really Marianne and she decides who does it. And then, uh, and then they glue it on and they paint it up and, and they deal with a lot of that stuff on set. If it's more specialized, like, you know, something gets caught in a bear trap, that's usually what it is apparently. Something gets caught in a bear trap, we're there for that day. I hear you. Well, let me ask you this. You know, we've seen a couple gunshot wounds. Did we use some of your uh, FX squibs for those gunshots on the show? Yeah, we sure did. So, um, so as a result of a lot of the theater work that we did, there is a playwright called Martin McDonough, and he wrote a play called The Lieutenant of Inishmore that requires a lot of people to get shot on stage. And that is a play that um, the one that's actually kind of the number down for definitely all over the country. We went to Peru and did that play um, as a result of our ability to do the the pretty the high demand um, special effects that are required for that play, which involved people getting shot on stage. And so what we needed to do was come up with a non-explosive solution um, that was consistent and reliable and easy to use and wasn't going to get anybody hurt and didn't require licenses to go from city to city and um, that we could use these, these bullet hits and these effects in that play. And we did that and quite successfully, and we did that for a number of years, uh, kind of advancing in as we went. And eventually, I started a company called Squib FX, where we create the effects of squibs. Squibs traditionally are explosive devices that burst through a blood bag full of blood and through the clothing. And, um, you know, if used by effects people who know what they're doing, like Ray Tazilla, for instance, they are quite safe. However, there is the chance sometimes that things can go wrong and you can't account for everything. And, um, and people can possibly get hurt with them. Uh, more than that, they required somebody like Ray, who's got, um, you know, a license and all this stuff. So we came up with these units that you can um, buy and rent from us that don't require any explosives. So they don't require any licenses, no permits, like anything like that. They're all air-powered, and they create the illusion of someone getting shot on screen. And Outsiders has used it uh, quite a bit for many of their gunshots, but at the same time, again, that's Ray's department. Traditionally, any bullet hit would be special effects. And so um, Ray chose for some of them to use explosives and then for some of them to use non-explosives, depending on uh, what the situation was. And there's an episode, I can give you kind of the tip, but there's an episode coming up soon where um, you can see the very clear advantages of why you would want to use non-explosive bullet hits when maybe other times you might have chosen an explosive. So you're telling me we're going to see some and people... I won't say more than that. We're gonna, so you're telling me we're going to see some people get shot up soon? Uh, I can tell you that uh, that there's definitely guns going off, and there are definitely spoof effects involved. <laughs> um, and so, uh, like specifically, I can I can never remember uh, the the Farrell's name, but one of the Farrells getting in the tractor, he gets shot in the leg twice in the show, uh, and he is somebody, for example. So um, at one point, they needed their squib to be a certain, very specific look. And so, um, so they look to school effects to create that ray, look to us to make that bullet hit. And then the next time that uh, same feral gets shot in the leg, uh, Ray chose to use an explosive. And, you know, nobody got hurt, and they both looked great. And, you know, it really it's a, it's a user's choice. Um, 
and it's a good example of how they can kind of coexist too. You know, where outsiders just use them. I hear you. Um, now, let me, let me ask you this, Steve. What about what about um, Hassel's fingers? Were those was that was that you or uh, were you part of the props? Yeah, that's with it? again. Yep, that was the first time that we met Kyle, uh, Kyle Gallner, um when he came to have this hand light cast for those fingers. And then again, that's something that we're creating the uh, the severed fingers and the prosthetic that he's wearing, um, which is also sometimes a costume. And again, it's a good example of why. You need somebody who kind of crosses all those departments between costume and makeup. And, again, the fingers sometimes would be wrangled by the props department, you know, and really all of that needs to be wrangled by just one group. And so that's where we kind of of fill that role there, too. And then, you know, when they get chopped off, you got to make sure that you're squirting the stump down with a bunch of blood at the right time and all that kind of thing. Um, And then, but any time it was glued down, specifically when he was taking his fingers in the moonshine he really got that sweet money shot um i can't remember if that was chris or doug but one of those guys either chris patrick or doug Carroll, glued those on that day and did a really nice job yeah i mean it all looked fantastic now and we it... did a bunch of tests you know production was really uh you know larry rapaport and all those guys were really meticulous about making sure like that head rolling down the hill they did not want to leave anything to chance they had us build a whole pre-rig of that whole thing and show it to them and then they had notes for us of course before we even started on the real deal. And the same with Hassel's fingers. They wanted to make sure that they were seeing it just the way that they needed to see it so that we would, I think we might even have rebuilt those pieces where, uh, you know, we thought we wanted our edge in one place and we did our camera test and we felt like we needed to move the edge to somewhere else. You know, and they were really on top of that, so. Hmm. Now, what's it like meeting all the different actors? Like, do you just walk up like, hey, I'm the guy that's going to help chop off your fingers or something like that? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it depends on the situation. Sometimes production, like, wants to introduce you to whoever, and sometimes it's like they just show up at your shop like the light guy. Um, but most of the time, it's just artists doing their thing, you know, like, we're there to do the light casting, and they're there to do the performance, and, you know, everybody's got respect for each other's craft, and um, and it's usually really cool, like that. Especially yeah. on Outsiders, it's very familial. I mean, it's like that whole Shea Mountain thing. We You got the whole crew of people actually up on Shea Mountain, like, all like living together up there basically and uh and it has that kind of familial sort of thing going on too what kind of atmosphere is it like with up there you know i mean we heard from ed that you know that everybody's really cool and laid back but there are different groups in production and so on but there is a lot of mingling have you been a part of any of that any kind of special stories you could tell us about anybody the cast crew or anything um yeah i mean i guess that uh you know i think that what impresses what was most impressed on me by the experience was just how tight-knit everybody became, you know, and uh, and the way that they they all, it really felt like a gang of ferals up there, you know, everyone's kind of up there to survive. And I think that, I think that the, I think that what I, what I found the most remarkable was the struggle that it was for everybody to ascend the hill in those first couple of days and weeks of shooting there and how quickly everyone could just like launch themselves up that mountainside by the end of the summer, everyone had these giant quads, you know, and calves to kill. You know, just being <laughs> able to sprint up this mountainside is pretty impressive. We, we've had several debates on our podcast about how long it takes to go up inside the mountain, and we've had tons of feedback regarding that. So you talking about that is kind of like icing on the cake. Um, let's, the actors themselves, I know you said you've met Kyle, and you did this, that, and so on. Is there anything interesting or anything like that you could tell some of the fans out there that's unique about any of these guys that you've met or any special stories, anything? 
Um, yeah, you know, I I didn't really uh, work with anybody quite as closely as we got to work with Kyle. So I I think probably most I feel most qualified to speak to him. And I think that um, I think what struck me the most about Kyle, what I think is probably the the, the coolest aspect of Kyle, near as I can tell, is that uh, same as me, he's got a, a little family, and uh, and he had brought them uh, with him to Pittsburgh, and just how much of a family man he is. Uh, really struck a nerve with me because, you know, I, I find myself trying to balance that same that same thing. You know, he's basically a movie star trying to raise a small family. You know, I'm I'm running a, a makeup effect shop, but it's not the same thing. You know, it's not the same kind of pressures. We have a lot of stuff going on, but it's not um, it's not anything like that. So the idea that he's able to balance it um, so evenly, I think, is is a skill that people don't really ever recognize the ability to be able to be a dad like that. And uh, and be there for his, his family, and be able to be as available on screen as he is. I mean, he's definitely. Um, I mean, he's definitely the the best person on screen for me. He's the he's the character that I enjoy watching the most, and not just because of our personal relationship, but just because of that same that same kind of availability that he's got to the to his family. It seems like he's got to the audience. And I mean, I think a lot of us would agree with you there because he was the first person that struck out to me and be- was quickly my favorite character on the show. And just something kind of like off of that, who, what's one of the most FX that you're proud of? Uh, it's got to be that head rolling down the hill. I can't tell you how happy I am that they use the, the take where it bounced off the tree. I never thought in a million years they would use that. Um, <laughs> I mean, that was the one we loved. Awesome. Like, I mean, that was a big shocking part of the series and it kept us hooked instantly right off the bat. And that was one yeah, of the first sure. times we it noticed tone in a big way for like, you know, maybe it's not all going to be as innocent as it seems. No, it is not innocent at all. As we've learned to find out, uh, have you been able to drink any of yeah, the feral but, uh, wine? <laughs> I mean, I, I just okay. feel the feral wine. Have you been able to taste test that a little bit? Oh no. Uh, I hear it tastes like water though. Oh <laughs> man. Uh, Steve, I gotta tell you, it's a letdown. We're waiting on somebody to tell us what it's all good. We've heard people are making some real shine up there. Can you confirm or deny? Uh, I can neither confirm nor deny the <laughs> fact that Farrell One is actually being brewed on Shea Mountain. I'm gonna let you know that you're starting to sound like a company man for the coal company right now with your <laughs> with your answering. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. Well, look. I can though say that, like I said, I am from West Virginia and. Uh, and I can tell you what the what the real feral wine is like, and uh, and white lightning is no joke, and it'll put you down. I don't know if it's gonna make you stab your dad exactly, um, or make you make you know that the, the the sheriff was in the in the cave, but um, it'll definitely make you pick a chair, <laughs> knock the old socks off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it'll shake up on you if you're not careful. Well, Steve, uh, tell us, you know. We've heard, you know, you've told us about you, and you know, we have um, the Telling FX and the Squib FX, and we're going to look more into that, and that's pr- really impressive. But uh, we and we we really kind of talked about a lot of the dynamics of your company. But is there anything you can tell us about any future endeavors you've got uh, coming up? Is something that's like we know you've done some big stuff before, done a lot of theater, and we I know you were on Batman, the, the Rising, and all these Jack Reacher, Jack Reacher, all these big productions, and so on. You, do you have some other things that are coming down the line that y'all are maybe set up for that you really want to put out there for people to be looking for? Um, well, of course, we've got the second season of Outsiders. Uh, that has been greenlit and everybody is geared did, up did you on that? there's a lot of buzz going around that yeah I'm, I uh, am certain that we'll be 
perform in the same role, and, and uh, I can only hope that they intend to escalate the the need for our services. So uh, I think we will agree with you I, on I that. I can definitely see that in the near future. Uh, that museum that I mentioned in Kentucky, we've got a, a July deadline for that, so we're really cranking for that. We've got um, tons of Lockheed Martin models that we're building. Um, we just did a life cast yesterday for uh, a young actor that is going to be uh, in Fences, which is the August Wilson movie that Denzel Washington is directing here in Pittsburgh. Um, uh, so, uh, so we did a life cast for that, and hopefully we'll be getting some more calls for that movie. Um, my understanding is that the whole August Wilson history cycle is going to be um, filmed in Pittsburgh over the next 10 years, one, one film at a time. Um, that's pretty historic. If that's, if that's true, if uh, what I hear is true, then that's a pretty historic 10 years that's going to be taking place, and I hope to get in the mix of that as much as I possibly can. And uh, Mindhunter is a, is a Netflix series that's in Pittsburgh for the summer. They're going to be here, I think, probably through December. Um, and uh, I think there's going to be lots of lots of blood flow on that thing, so hopefully we'll get to, to jump in with those guys, too. You know, we, I can tell you that, uh, you know, less, a little more than a year ago, we were working on my 400 square foot, uh, home studio basement shop and are now at 10,000 square feet in large part due to outsiders and, and other reasons, successes like that. It really seems to be escalating for us. So I think there's going to be lots of really cool stuff for us in the future. Well, congratulations to you on that. And your work on the outsiders definitely shows why you're moving up in this world. There is no doubt, Steve. Awesome. You, your stuff is really that impressive. Really, really impressive. We can't thank you enough. Um, we have got a lot of buzz, especially on social media like that, talking about you know when we were going to get to talk to you on this interview. And I think a lot of people are really, really curious about what it takes to make you know a quality show and what you bring to the table for that show. And so I, I'm really anticipating a lot of positive feedback on this, and we're going to send you some of that your way. And uh, I hope you would uh, maybe meet with us again, later, maybe for season two, and we can uh, rehash some of the new FX you got going on. Yeah, that would be certainly my pleasure. And, and I want to deflect a little of that, a uh, little of that attention you're throwing my way, and let you know that even uh, even the effects, which are a small small part of of a film, are certainly not done single handedly. And I got a whole pile of people that help me make those happen all the day. Special shout out uh, Kyle Roberts, my main man Kyle. And uh, Mercedes Link and Don Bumgarner, and uh, and there's a whole pile of guys that they all know who they are. That list goes on and on. There's about uh, 20 or 30 of us working all these different projects that that it takes to to make even one next place happen. So, hey, we're we, back we, when 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 you want to have us. I hear you, man. We really, really appreciate that. And uh, you know, I'm happy you're getting those names out because we we understand that you know. A lot of times it takes a lot of people in the background, a lot of things going on that people don't notice or don't even realize that it takes to make things of this high quality and what your company produces. And mentioning those names is a big deal. I mean, it's always great to see just a little bit of humility and everything and being able to spread that wealth to everybody that you work with and let them feel appreciated as well. Yeah, and it really, that's the atmosphere of our shop. It's pretty cool like that. You know, it's really like, even though, you know, the movie business and the TV business and the special effects business can sometimes be cutthroat. It's not like that at all around around our parts. You know, it's like uh, everyone's trying to create as much opportunity for everybody as we all possibly can because it seems to me um, that it's real synergistic and it's like the more opportunities we're all creating for one another, 
the more opportunities seem to open up for all of us. So that's uh, that's how we roll. Well, Steve, I'm, I'm going to close it out by saying, again, thank you for your time. We really appreciate you spending, you know, a few minutes away from your family and, uh, you know, your busy company. And we wish you tons of success and, um, you know, with all your future endeavors. And we're really looking forward to what you're bringing to the table in the future of Outsiders. And uh, other than that, I think we're going to kind of close it out unless you've got anything else you want to uh, put out there for our fans. No, sir. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. I really hey. enjoyed myself. Thanks again, Steve. And we'll, we'll be in contact shortly. All right, take it easy. Take it easy. You See too. You guys.